0: welcome to the one degree shift podcast. I'm your host, Eric Termundi, and I'm excited to introduce you to the wonderful guests I've got on season two and the little things they're doing to create a more intentional future for themselves, for their teams and for the communities around them. I hope you enjoy Jerome Rodriguez. Thank you so much for joining the
1: one degree shift podcast. How are you today? I am well, my friend, it is so good to be, I guess, with you. I know we're not physically in the same <laughs> room, but super yeah. cool, right? You know, one of the things
0: I like most about the podcast is I get an excuse to talk to friends, people that I admire, great leaders uh, across the country. I mean, even the world, it's just had a great conversation with someone before you, but uh, an opportunity for us to to catch up and, and, and to learn a little bit more about what you're doing. So why don't, for the sake of me and, and the listeners, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're up to right now, and, and maybe even a little bit about what's exciting you about the work that you do.
1: Oh, gosh, the toughest question of the day, right? Um, <laughs> We're just getting my started. My name is Jerome, and yeah. I am multifarious. I am a learning developer by trade. So what is a learning developer? I remember when I was in school, you know, somebody asked me what that was, and it's kind of like, well, you're you're one part coder, you're one part designer, you're one part curriculum developer, one mm-hmm. part parent, one part amateur psychologist, kind of all of that. But at the end of the day, I'm passionate about creative creating transformative learning experiences i'm i'm not into ticking boxes mm-hmm. um you know spreadsheets are the bane of my existence mm-hmm. i'm trying to just change the world and change lives you know in in whatever simple way you know that i can through education and through technology
0: what makes a learning experience transformative are are there elements of a learning experience that uh, have more impact than others and what have you really doubled tripled quadrupled down on lately?
1: You know what? That's a really, really good question, and I think it's really based on the human being in the process of of, of learning. If there is such a thing as a as, okay. as, as a as a process of, of learning, um, I think when learning becomes transformative, is it changes a way of thinking, a way of being, mm-hmm. not simply a way of of acting, of you know, moving x to y or a to b. Mm-hmm. It's more about the why. Is it important to move x to mm-hmm. y or a to b? And how has moving a to b potentially changed you as a person, a human being, a parent, I think that's where it becomes transformative, where it really moves from the the hands uh, through the head and kind of ends up in the heart really speaks to your soul.
0: From an educator or a trainer's perspective, what uh, are some of the tricks that you've learned to be able to make that transformative learning experience to the people that you're working with? How do you get it from the hands to the heart to the head? How do you have that full body experience? And it might not be as simple as flick a switch, but what have you learned in in how you deliver the material that connects with people better?
1: That's a very, very deep question considering where where we're at right now um, mm-hmm. as humans, you know, as, as a collective, you know, where we are as, as a society, you know, going mm-hmm. through the things that we're experiencing right now. So to kind of step back a little bit, my team, the last time we physically worked together was March 12th. It's just a massive paradigm shift. Like right. everything changed, you know, how we work, how we connect, how we educate, how we shop, I guess, how we date and get married, how we socialize like that sure. all changed, Right. But what I thought was interesting was that the technology didn't really change. Like when the pandemic happened, we didn't go out and, you know, buy into a completely different platform or a completely different, you know, programming language for the most part. It was the same tech, but -hmm. it was new ways of using it. It was applying it differently to a similar outcome or a completely different outcome. And the environment was different, but yet it was familiar because we were working from our home. So it was a very familiar environment, but we were engaging with that environment, you know, completely uh, differently. So to answer your question, I I, I don't think that there's any trick Mm -hmm. to developing, you know, and facilitating, you know, transformative learning. I believe that I'm going to, you know, channel some Alan Kay, Serkan Robinson Mm -hmm. here is that, you know, we're essentially preparing people for a world that we have no idea what it looks like. And part of that is engaging in a vulnerable space that says, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I'm willing to find out and I'm willing to find out by asking difficult questions and having Mm -hmm. difficult conversations. And if we can do that, we can predict the future essentially by inventing it. We're in a very, very cool place right now where we have a chance to really set the table for what mm. comes next right now.
0: Predict the future by inventing it. You know, it's funny that, that you took the conversation this way because this is where I wanted to go next. And that is, for those who haven't caught on yet, Jerome is currently with Best Buy, who over the past months have done incredibly well, who have utilized this technology like you're talking about to provide great products and services to, the, to, to, to their customer base. Can you talk to me a little bit about what this transition has looked like? How has Best Buy, how have you and your team invented the future for the team?
1: Before, you know, the wall fell, so to speak, mm-hmm. we were piloting a program where our team worked away from, from the office, you know, at minimum two days a week. Mm. So we were already time traveling in a Mm -hmm. sense. We were already in that future space without even knowing it. And part of that journey was creating some guidelines and guardrails because that is paradigm shift. It's like, hey, we don't want you to come to work. We want you to work from home is having that, again, vulnerability, you know, trust relationship where you're not having this 1980s mentality where if you're not sitting at your desk, you're not working. It's trusting people that are on your team to, you know, to be amazing, to be incredibly creative, you know. Um, at, at, at a distance, so to speak, and providing some learning and training and supports around them to help them with that, uh, with that shift. So in many ways, we had already made the shift. And I mm-hmm. remember that day because it was, you know, we, we may have had a contact case. Let's get ready. And within 24 to 48 hours, it was come clean out your stuff. And we never came back. And in many ways, we didn't miss a beat. hmm that's a slippery slope because that's looking at it, I think, simply from a process outcome perspective. Yeah. What we really need to do is focus on, on the human, focus on the people. So switch the word employee for family. And then you always you know, start with the heart and you make sure that your, your people, your team, your work family you know, has what, their need, what they need to be you know, successful, to be whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not just professionally, but, but, but personally too as well. That's the engine that drives everything.
0: Talk to me a little bit about more about trust and, and vulnerability. T- t- talk to me about that family component. Um, I- I'm hearing a lot on season two of the podcast about the importance of, and, and not just on the podcast and all the studies that I'm reading, you know, Google did a study of 5,600 of their employees to talk about how they could optimize their culture more effectively. And one of the top three things they suggested was that they just wanted more time to connect off topic, you know, call it mindless chit chat. That's what they called it. But really, it was an opportunity to connect based on who they were, not just what they did. What, what in your experience is the relationship between being productive still and getting the job done, but still connecting as people and not just as employees or more or more aptly put based on what you're saying, as family and not just as employees?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's, it's really about taking that time to step away or step outside from the process mm-hmm. and really focus on the people who are part of that the people who are are, are driving it and mm-hmm. nothing is, is is trivial i think in that place everything right. matters no matter how little it is whether Absolutely. it's remembering a person's daughter's birthday mm-hmm. or calling out somebody for something great that they did having that conversation where maybe it wasn't their best work and i think that starts a long time ago, it starts when you really start developing and putting, you know, your, your, your team together. When we mm-hmm. recruited our team, probably something recruiters will hate. But when they mm-hmm. said, you know, what are you looking for is that I want people who are like crazy mad outside the box creative. Mm-hmm. And gave me that funny look, like, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, I want people to work with people who have solid background in curriculum development, learning design, adult education, developmental psychology, but they need to be crazy, mad creative. I'm looking for dancers, musicians, people who Mm -hmm. work in theater, you know, people who are intensely creative, because I think as a learning designer, a learning developer it involves a multidimensional approach where you're thinking about a problem that maybe in the past you're developing in the present, but you're still mindful of the future and the shelf life of what you're creating and how that will help the go forward. Mm -hmm. You're thinking from yourself as a designer, you're thinking for the end user who's going to be participating in it, but you're also thinking like a machine. You're thinking of the learning management systems or the technology that are used to distribute the learning yeah. And that's all happening at the same time. And I'm not sure that's something that you can learn in a book. I think that's something that's highly experiential. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the setup for what, you know, comes next. And the second place is, is, is building that team. And it really comes around a, a, a servant leadership, you know, model. And there's no ego in the room. It's not mm-hmm. your work, you know, it's the work. And we're incredibly flexible because one of my team might start a board, somebody else might draw something, somebody else might code it, somebody else might publish it, and somebody Mm -hmm. else might translate it. But we all celebrate those individual components of that process, but more importantly, celebrate the outcome Mm -hmm. uh, when it hits that finish line and then beyond the finish line, when it hits the world and you get that feedback that says, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is awesome. Um, I can't wait to take the next course. Teach it.
0: Man, where where do I take this? At what point does creativity and the exploration of new and different slow you down versus speed you up?
1: I think that's always a bit of a... speed break for people who are essentially artists at heart and live in that design space. I had this mm-hmm. conversation the other day and I said, we need to be mindful of not being innovative for the sake of innovative. Right. Exactly. If, if it works fine as a one page document, do we need to turn it into an animation? And again, I challenged my team to always ask why, you know, I wanted the curious kids that, mm-hmm. you know, never really got beyond that two terrible two, three-year-old where they're always right. asking why. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I wanted the crazy people who weren't just good at building Lego, but they built like the cereal bowl out of Lego and then ate right. their cereal out of nice. it. Yeah. So I think having that mindset and that personality um, in a sense is its own speed break. And that helps me as a leader to just maybe take a step back mm-hmm. and just let just let them go, and it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah. Run with it. Let's yeah. let's see where this goes. But again, it's important from a leader to leadership perspective to tie that project to a specific outcome. Is this supporting a business goal? Is this mm-hmm. supporting a human resources goal? And I think that always starts with asking why. Why are we doing this? You mm-hmm. know, we need to do this. Why? Well, we need to develop this. Why? Mm-hmm. We need to shoot a video. Why? Mm-hmm. Right, and always coming back to that you know, start with the heart piece. It says, why are we doing this? How is it going to change somebody's life? And our bridging statements are, is this so somebody can do something that they couldn't do before? Or Mm -hmm. is it so they won't have to do something that they dislike?
0: If we can land in
1: that space, you've you've already got engagement, right?
0: So they can, or so they won't have to.
1: Is that right? So you can, or so you won't, or so you don't have to.
0: So that was where my my question was going. What's the last time that you ask why, you know, what is the conclusion that you arrived at? And is that, are those usually the two responses then? So, So they can, or so they don't have to?
1: I don't think that's always like the verbatim response, but I think that's the meta message in behind. So you ask a question about, you know, why are we developing this training around de-escalation? You know, why are we developing this training around responding to racism or Mm -hmm. mental wellness? Mm -hmm. And you can look at a spreadsheet and say, well, we need to train this many people by this amount of time to support this you know, this regulatory outcome, but it's bigger than that. Why? It's because times are tough out there. You know, we're getting into the Christmas season. It's, it's, it's a very difficult time around mental wellness and we need to take care of our people. We need to take care of our family and we need to make sure that they have some supports so that when they are in a difficult moment or have a difficult conversation, they have some tools that can, can, can help them.
0: What are you most proud of with the work that you're doing right now?
1: Oh gosh, what I'm most proud of? Just, Every day I, I come to work, I jump online. I work with an incredible team of engaged, passionate um, developers, just intensely creative people and not just within my own team is working cross-functionally with other teams mm-hmm. across different countries. It's just seeing that a highly humanistic approach and that, and that passion across a number of different individuals, uh, from, you know, different, uh, different cultures, different countries, you know, different business backgrounds, but all with that similar core value, you know, mm-hmm. which is to essentially be human, you know, make it real and think about tomorrow. And that's what I usually hit my people with, you know, what, be human, mm-hmm. be human, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Make it real. Yeah. Right? Don't think in the abstract, make it mm-hmm. real. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't just think about now. Think about what happens after now. How does this help tomorrow? What does tomorrow look like? If, if you're in that space, you're, you're probably in a good direction, right?
0: If you were to have a conversation with someone who is aspiring to be a better L&D professional, a better leader, a better team member, a better family, you know, you have years of experience in this field. Where do I start, you know, if I wanted to, to take that first step?
1: I asked a similar question many years ago when I was considering putting our our kids into a martial arts program. And Mm -hmm. I asked somebody, I said, well, what martial arts program should I put them into? One of the best pieces of advice I got was don't put them into a program. Um, put them into dance. Put them into gymnastics. Put them into things that supports human movement and, and breathing, and mm. they'll they'll find their own art. They'll find their own karate or judo mm. or jiu jitsu or whatever it is that they actually wish to do. And I would say that's similar for anybody who wants to get into this particular space. I mean, yes, there is structure, you know, around how to develop curriculum. You know, psychology you know, how human beings learn and develop. But I would suggest spend some time in the learning space. Mm -hmm. Spend some time with corporate learning. Spend some time in K to 12. Spend some time Mm -hmm. in college universities, right? Learning occurs where people are. Be where learning is and soak it up like a sponge.
0: Learning occurs where people are. So you have to be where people are
1: to experience Be where people are, yes.
0: Drum, look, uh, I always love uh, an opportunity to connect and and to chat with you. Um, your insights and experience are invaluable to both myself and and, and to the guests. You know, I want to thank you for your time today and ask you then, perhaps as a closing question, is there anything else that you want to share with us? Anything that I didn't ask you that you think is important to to get across?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for reaching out to me. It's uh, it's been awesome uh, having this time uh, with with you again. It's uh, it's been far too long, my friend. Um, I think I'd just like to share. I've talked a lot about sort of the, the way and the path but I just like to share an outcome. Mm-hmm. So a while back, a few months back, um, we were coming up on, you know, developing a big uh, uh, conference. I mean, yeah. you remember conferences and keynotes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I long for and, the days. Yeah. Yeah. The good old days. Right. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, how the heck are we going to do this? And we sat in a room and he said, you know, let's just do it virtually. And it was like, yeah, let's do that. There was, not a lot of pushback. It was like, yeah, we need to do this. Let's figure out, you know, how to do it right at the get-go. And it was mm-hmm. so important from a learning mm-hmm. perspective to be a partner, not a consultant. Not we fully baked this Life. idea. We need you to develop it. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about doing this. How do you think about this from a learning perspective? And that was just like a landmark, you know, moment for myself mm-hmm. is seeing how learning and development is not a bolt-on. It's it's part of that core you know, piece when you try to develop something. So fast forward, we ended up doing a virtual business summit. It was a three day online summit across three time zones. Mm -hmm. Uh, we did it in two languages. We had over, I think 600 people online. We had Mm -hmm. 30 or 40 vendors. We ran 150 virtual classes and, um, 20 virtual trade show booths. Wow! And we pulled that off in a matter of months. So that's kind of like that crowning achievement where you look at intensely creative people that are galvanized with a purpose with an organization that says, Hey, figure it out. And we're, we're down with the concept Mm -hmm. and we did it. And now I'm hearing, you know, we might never do a conference again, the old way, because we've proved that we can do it this way. And the Mm -hmm. feedback's, you know, been amazing. So.
0: Wow. Well, congratulations on on making your consistent and constant one degree shifts and all the success that you've had on an individual and uh, and, a, and an organizational level too.
1: Every day is a one degree shift, my friend. Every day. Awesome.
0: Thanks so much for your time, Jerome. Have a great one. Super cool. Take Pleasure. Care.